This is First You Hustle, a podcast from the Columbus College of Art and Design that helps students and budding creative professionals put their expertise to use. I'm Jordan Bell, and today we're going to hear straight from the employer's mouth. How can you stand out as a candidate? What should you do when you meet a recruiter or someone hiring at a career fair or a networking event? How do they see you? We had a panel of employers on campus to answer those very questions. You'll hear from some in this program. Unfortunately, a faulty mic means that while we heard them loud and clear in the auditorium, a couple people didn't have their audio quite make it to the recording, so we're only going to hear from three of the five panelists, and those are Amanda Morris, Creative Director at DSW, Jessica McGinley, Creative Lead at Safe Light Group, Julie Bannock, Corporate Recruiting Manager at 31 Gifts, and you won't be hearing from Andy House, Creative Director at WD Partners, or Amanda Middle, Photo Editing Lead at Zulily. And because of that unfortunate technical error, you may hear me come in every now and again to summarize some of those points they made in addition to our other panelists. This panel was moderated by CCAD's Director of Career Services, Tiffany Sparing. So let's join her on campus for the conversation now. I'm Tiffany Sparing. I'm the Director of Career Services at CCAD, and we're here as preparation for the Connections Career Fair. What, in general, skills and qualities you're looking for as you're meeting with candidates um, and, and if you have any one general tip for students preparing for connections, what would it be? We have had to hire at DSW um, in my seven years there, um, you know, for lots of different types of roles. So lots of different levels um, from entry level graphic designer all the way up to uh, a more managerial um, type of creative role. And um, I think that uh, usually skill set, uh, especially after reviewing a resume, is not my number one priority to be honest so um that might sound crazy but especially coming out of ccad like i went through this program so i know what kind of talent comes out of here so usually i do have an expectation around that um when when we consider a candidate i think a lot of um like a lot of points go into that so it's soft skills number one and i can kind of tell you a little bit more about what that means to us but dsw has a very um a very deep-rooted um, set of values that we actually measure um, performance against when you are already an associate, and we actually also measure um, candidates candidates against. So it's passion, it's accountability, it's um, motivation, or the ability to collaborate with your team members. Humility is one of those. So when you think that the number one thing that you can do is come into an interview super confident, that's awesome, and I generally would you know do that. But um, there is a fine balance between confidence and humility, and I have absolutely turned down talent because I'm like that dude is way too confident, and he's going to cause a problem on the team um, so soft skills is you know a handshake soft skills is your ability to speak <laughs> and do so um, without hyperventilating um, and um, you know to be able to communicate um, basically to me who you are because um, in my opinion and the way I hire um, I want to know more about who you are than what your work looks like I look at your work and I look at your resume and I'm like okay cool this dude this chick she can do this job but I want to know who this person is. And I've also uh, absolutely turned down talent that like rocked a portfolio. We gave her a writing test. I was looking for a copywriter. Her writing test was, I mean, like I, did, I, never, I have never gotten such a perfect writing test in my life. And then when she came in, I was like, absolutely not. I had no idea who she was. She giggled the entire time. And I was like, I just can't communicate with this person, you know? So it's, um, I, I, you know, it's kind of a, a, a real blend of things. I mean, like we're talented people, that's great. 
but I also think that personality is a big thing and um, you know, just kind of like who you are is really important to me and to my team at DSW. Did I answer? Answer that was great. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, so at Safe Light, we, um, our, our department specifically hires um, the graphic design and advertising um, degree. Uh, it, what's really cool about our team though is that we we dive into a little bit of everything. So we are all photographers on our team, whether or not we have photography uh, skill skill set. We're, we're there helping with the shoot. We're, we're there planning the shot list. Um, we have some people who are actually doing the, the photography. Um, we have people who are doing environmental design who have never touched environmental design. But it's like such a cool experience to be able to learn a new skill set, and I think that's something that Safe Light um, brings. It brings so much value. You don't really, when you think of Safe Light, you're not really thinking about all these extra, extra events that you're going to be designing, and all the all the you have to design the uniform, the the um, the car, the van graphics, things like that. There's just so much to it. There's lots of ads. There's a whole other, like I said, the whole other B2B side. Um, but we we are definitely looking for confidence. Um, but I agree with what you were saying. Um, not too confident, but just the right right bit of confidence. And um, Safe Light, something that makes Safe Light really unique is that they are people powered. That's our. That's what we um, we strive after. We're all about our people. So you have to really fit into the culture, and um, that goes that goes back to the whole confidence thing. But you are you are very um, you have to be very personable and um, not just about the skill set. So there's nothing earth shattering about obviously what we do. It, it echoes uh, the ladies here to my right. I think one of the things that's also important to me when I'm looking at uh, a resume and uh, potentially a portfolio is the diversity of work. Uh, 31 Gifts as a brand has a very specific style. Um, and so what we see a lot of times coming out is you're adapting and you're figuring out what that style is for you, and that's wonderful, but then your portfolio, because obviously it's somewhat limited, um, reflects that specific style. So my recommendation is, is obviously when you're thinking about building your portfolio and you're coming to an employer, whether it's somebody, um, you know, it's a private employer like ourselves or whether it's an agency sort, is you really work on that diversity of style, making certain you encompass a number of genres or a number of different styles. Um, so that it can speak to because you know if I'm looking at something and it doesn't appear to match our brand then that becomes a red flag for me now does that mean you can't do it no but then it becomes a bit more of a stretch we have to dig deeper we have to figure that out so that would probably be my recommendation on it on an upfront uh, approach or basis is just to make certain that whatever you're doing, whatever you're presenting, really is as diverse as you can make it, and that you've done a little research on who that employer is, and specifically what their brand might be and what it looks like, and then therefore you can obviously help produce something that would mirror that or image that in when you apply to a position there. Now, additionally, Andy added to this question that at WD Partners, they are hiring a wide range of designers, graphic designers, architectural designers, industrial designers, and much more. The way you carry yourself and present yourself goes a long way. 51% is what Andy ballparked, which goes to professional readiness and confidence. He wants to see how you tell a story. Amanda from Zulily also noted as a recruiter or someone hiring, they want to see you. They want to see your personality shine through, in addition to Andy's comments about letting your pro professionalism shine through. 
Your interaction with an employer is an opportunity for them to get to know you. These are some really good tips. You touched on communication. You touched on presentation of work. Um, why don't we just dive a little deeper on um, questions pertaining to portfolio and real preparation. So if you had a couple of tips on um, portfolios and reels that you've reviewed um, when candidates submit them, what are some of the do's and don'ts that you've seen? So I'll answer this really related more from an HR perspective. Um, I, my recommendation is that A, you have two versions of your resume. One that is more just like an HTML type of text. You leave all your pretty graphics and design work off of it. And then you have that version to present when you go on site uh, because most employers these days have a form of a digital upload of their resume. And a lot of times those graphics become really funky uh, types of words and, and, and things like that. You, you don't certainly want your resume to represent you in that way. So that's one suggestion. Have two versions of it. One that you can upload and then one obviously that you have that you present that's your pretty one. The other is test, test, test any kind of links, particularly if they're links to your portfolio, prior to putting it on there and prior to submitting it. I can't tell you how many times I've clicked a link and I've got nothing. And it may be the internet uh, provider that I use, um, but that's something you need to be considering. You know, go out and test it on Google, test it on Firefox, test it on all the different internet providers because you don't know which one the employer might try choose to bring it up in. And you wanna make certain it works. I mean, that's another huge issue, obviously, if I can't see what it is that you want me to see. So, and the onus is not on me necessarily to be able to be able to see it, it's on you to ensure that I'm seeing it. So test it and test it on different internet protocols or internet providers. Um, and then lastly, my, my uh, recommendation would be just to ensure that, again, you're familiar with who you're going after. So do that research upfront on who the employer is that you're going after. Use keywords on your resume that speak to the specific job that you might be applying for. You know, if the role is a graphic designer, I certainly don't have any issues with you bringing in your photography work. But the point is, is if your resume is all photography oriented, I'm not going to see it if I'm looking for a graphic designer. So make certain that you maybe customize the resume you're submitting to the specific role that you're submitting it for. It's okay to speak to your broader interests. It's okay to speak to all the things that fill your cup and fuel you. That's wonderful. We love the diverse individual. We love the multi-talented individual. But there is a specific job you're applying for, and that's the one that you're submitting the resume for. So really make certain that you go after that role and have that one in mind when you start the process. Yeah, and um, to piggyback off of that, um, if you are interested in, say, photography, but you have a graphic design degree and you are applying for a graphic design position, something that I did when I was in school here is I would shoot my own photography to apply into those into those pieces so that when you're speaking to the graphic design behind it, you can also add in a quick tip like, oh yeah, I shot this too, to show that you're interested in that, um, but to keep it focused. Um, I also agree completely, know who you're, know, know what position you're applying for. That's extremely important. I, I am um, hiring for graphic design, but I get tons of like very specific like, like um, uh, video production and uh, th 
photography specific roles and those just don't apply to the exact like position that I'm, I'm hiring for. So really read through that job description. Um, another thing would be when looking through a portfolio, I would for sure, I, I, I agree with the 10 to 20 pieces, um, but just make sure that your number one through five is your most proud artwork that you have in there. Um, sometimes in an interview and in case of the, um, the fair that we're gonna be doing, you may have five minutes to go through something, you may have 10, you may have one. So just that number one piece in there that you're gonna show, just make sure that that is your, the number one thing that you're most proud of. Um, and then another tip I would say, again, like as far as when you're actually in an interview situation, um, a iPad, laptop, portfo printed portfolio piece is acceptable, at least at Safelight. Um, and always, always, always have a PDF portfolio that you submit with your resume or a website that's attached to your resume. As we are all preparing for connections, um, like these guys all said, you have a couple of minutes um, there's gonna be a whole bunch of other students and a whole bunch of other people that you're gonna wanna talk to. So everybody wants to talk to everybody, right? So um, I think in connections, but then also in real life, like I wanna see the work that you're most proud of. Um, so if you have 25 pieces and you know 20 of them are like, yeah, and here's this thing and then here's this other thing I did and then I did this too and you don't really wanna talk to me about it, I'm not as interested in that type of work. So it's kind of a little bit, um, maybe a little bit more simplified than you know, in corporate America over it than what um, Andy was saying, but it's like, you know, I, I'm interested in talking to you. I wanna know how you got there. I wanna know what you thought of when you were making this piece. I wanna know why you were motivated and why you were inspired. Um, so if you come in with, you know, five or six things that we're going to fill a half hour talking about and, you know, I can see why you were excited and, and you know, um, why you nailed it on this project and, you know, why it was something you wanted to show to me, that's something I think that's um, important to me. Um, so back to connections, you know, um, same, I think, kind of make sure that uh, your work is focused um, and as diverse as you can get it in that type of situation. Um, I work in marketing, so like I said, it's, um, you know, the graphic design that we kind of look at is, um, I would say, focused more on like uh, a call to action. So, you know, advertisements or um, websites that were designed, things like that. So if you're, if you're wanting to go into marketing, I would expect to see you know, a lot of different types of work that would pertain to that field. Um, I, I totally dig it, same, if you, got, if you like photography, if you like, you know, to draw, all that stuff is cool, and honestly, like, illustration, um, uh, what, what's the word, like, if you, if you know how to illustrate really well, <laughs> I, I went to CCD and I can draw, but I cannot illustrate, so to speak, that is not my strong suit. So things like that, like, if you can show that, like, this is a digital piece, but I actually drew a portion of this, or things that look like they've been touched by a human. I love that type of work, just because um, it's so easy to forget, like, okay, we're all digital now, everything. I think that during your foundation courses and stuff, you guys are allowed to use computers for your typesetting classes and stuff now. Hilarious. 
I had to do it all by hand. <laughs> Digital is awesome. Like, I, you know, people come in with iPads all the time. Awesome, that's great. Um, I don't love to be handed paper, but at the same time, I would say, like, if it's a very cool crafted thing like I you know I came through CCAD print was a huge deal and now everything's digital so I would argue print is not dead so if you want to hand me something badass like I love it like I you know if it's a little foldy thing or whatever it is that's cool I'm not a business card person either I just I don't like to have things to put in pockets because I'm going to lose it but um, I do love you know booklets and and fun things again that were you know that somebody loved it and cared for it and you know want want me to remember you by handing me this thing. So resumes, man, like, you know, friend me on LinkedIn or whatever you call it, connect, right? Hit the little button, all that good stuff. You can email me stuff, but I'm not a, you know, I'm not a big fan of shifting paper around. So as far as, you know, as personally I go, I don't need those types of things. But And I had thoughts for this question from Andy and Amanda. Amanda notes that Zulily has a test candidates are sent when you apply, but at a career fair or a networking event, they get to see your portfolio. She notes that candidates should be prepared to share all parts of their expertise, even if it's outside of your main body of work. For example, if your trade is graphic design, but you also do photography, to be prepared to show some examples from both disciplines if you think it's applicable. Andy notes that they look to see the ideation side of the final product. That means not just sharing the final version, but also the process for how you arrived at that point. That can mean including your sketchbook with your portfolio, or at the very least, being able to talk through it with employers. Amanda also mentioned after all the responses, something very important. Be prepared for whatever the employer might want. You can't be sure, so be prepared to offer a variety. One employer might not want to collect physical resumes, but Amanda said she actually likes to have resumes to cross-reference later. So any one piece of advice from a single panelist isn't necessarily a reflection of everyone, and preferences can change. So be flexible and adaptive to how the employer can best keep in touch with you or learn about your work. Um, so I'll ask one more question and then I'd like to open it up to students and faculty. Um, I wondered if we could just talk a little bit more about communication as it pertains to the entire application process start to finish, whether it be at connections or just virtually through applying through the system and then maybe follow-up emails um, and then after connections itself, follow-up. So what are you looking for in communication style? What are some um, things that students should remember as they're communicating with you? Um, I am a fan of resume because of course, again, I'm HR. So, um, you know, having a resume, um, ensuring, and, and this seems silly, but your contact information is on that resume and that it's accurate is important, obviously. Um, it is okay to ask me for my contact information. Um, you know, I may or may not necessarily have it depending upon the scope and the scale of an event. For connections, I generally have always brought it, so it's okay to ask me for mine. It's also okay to ask, how far out should I wait to respond? How far out should I wait to hear from you? Um, and these are questions you're asking me, of course. That gives you some indication as to what might be going on in the timeline as an employer that I'm working with. Uh, there are times we've come to the event where we didn't have an opening, so it was hard for me to address that question. There are times when I had something immediate I was recruiting for, and I could provide an answer to that question. So, you know, it really depends upon what's going on within the business itself, but it's okay to ask those questions. It's okay to try to get as much information in that quick conversation that you're having. 
Um, I'm not always interested in the connections environment to see the portfolio right then and there. I'm kind of there for the purposes of just gathering names, gathering resumes, and trying to be able to, to build some folks that I can reach back out to and take a look at. So again, having that on your resume, that link is, is obviously really important for me. In the real world, in the virtual world, um, our application process, like probably everybody's these days, is automated. Um, so you're going to apply to a, a specific job. You know, you ladies and gentlemen have the resources today that we didn't have back in our age where you can do some research and you can figure out who the HR staff is at a business these days. It's not hard to run a search out on LinkedIn and figure out who's HR in 31 gifts. Okay, so, I mean, you've got the means of figuring out who these people are that you need to connect with. So reaching out through LinkedIn, establishing those connections is always a good thing. It may not get you anywhere out of the gate, but it's always a good piece of that networking tool to have. Um, and I generally respond. I mean, it may not be that same day, but I generally respond to any kind of request I'm getting through those um, types of sites, those virtual sites. So um, it's, it's a good tool to use, I think, to try to ensure that you're getting somewhere. You're not just going into that black hole, which got a lot of competition out there. Um, so, you know, it can happen. Um, positions come and go. They're in various stages of recruiting when you might enter that process. So you might choose to apply for a job and that same day I fill it where you might choose to apply for a job and it's the very first, first day that it's been posted. So, um, I, you know, I think in both cases it really depends upon what you're going, you're going after. The event itself is very self-explanatory, right? Like it's called Connections, which I think is awesome. But like I, I think that you should take the opportunity in the event to like connect with people and businesses, right? That maybe you want to work here, or maybe you want to learn more about, or maybe you just want to know some stuff. I mean, like that's cool too. It, does, I graduated, and of course, I was flitting around like, dude. I need a job. Do you have jobs? Because I'll take one of your jobs if you want to give me one of them. Because I have to have a job now. So um, I don't think that, and and that's how I handle it. You know, I I came out of school and I I didn't. I think the curriculum is much different now. So um, you know, you have a little bit more presented to you where you can take the opportunity to see what you like and what fits for you and all that kind of stuff. Like, do I like this? Do I do I like her? Like, mm, eh. she doesn't seem that cool. Like, she's kind of scary. I don't know if I would want to work for her. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's kind of like look around, see what you like, just talk to people and get used to the fact that everybody communicates differently. I mean, like Amanda down there, she's I'm kind of like she's my spirit animal because I'm like I need to like slow down. As, as try to speak more like her where I'm over here like ah. so you know I like you talk like her if just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were when we were talking earlier yeah, but you know like it's, it's kind of like getting comfortable presenting yourself in a lot of different situations she said something earlier that was like be ready for anything because you know I tend to be kind of like nutty um, as opposed to you know really professional so I want to see how that affects you and I want to see how you're gonna you know how you're gonna handle yourself um, so one, just get out there and have conversations with the people at the tables. Have, ask them what they're doing. Like I, when I meet somebody and when I have a, uh, when I begin an interview or something, I always like to talk to them. I want to, I just kind of want to chat with you for a couple minutes um, before we get started. I start meetings like that too. The people on my team hate me because I'm like, oh my god, did you see the puppy meme earlier that like Courtney sent? It was awesome. And so I always start conversations. Um, or, a, or a meeting in kind of, you know, just like a bunch of BS before I actually want to get into what, you know, we're actually doing here. So just chat with people, you know, um, um, get to know everybody there. I mean, that's the that's what you're there for. You literally have no other amazing opportunity like this in your life to sit down and say, I get to talk to these 50, how many people are there? 
15, 25? How many people come to Connections? Company. Yeah. So we have room for about 50 companies. Yeah, that's awesome. Right? So 50 companies are going to be there. Like, see what they're all about and what they have to offer and what you can offer to them. So you give out your contact information. Okay, cool. You're, you can ask me anything. I'm an open book 100% of the time. So ask me whatever. What are you afraid of? What, what are we looking for? Like, you know, what does a day look like? I don't care. Ask the question. That's cool. Like I said, um, you know, I like to do the LinkedIn thing um, and kind of give out my email address rather than take papers and stuff. And then after that kind of happens, don't be thirsty, right? Like at every other day is not cool to reach out to say me like I'm I'm actually you know like I'm working I have a buffer right Courtney hi we have a buffer at DSW that deals with like you know hey I'm interested in, in a job like what do I do next hey I talked to Amanda you know at connections like what should I do now you know whatever that's um, gonna be the the um, um, HR team so um, you know reach out to me that's cool see what's going on if there's a job that's open I always even encourage people to be like, oh wow, this job is this job just posted, cool. I talked to Amanda at Connections, I'm gonna email her and see if she knows anything about this, and that's awesome to do too. So um, I would just really probably say like, pump the brakes a little bit. I know sometimes it's like, holy crap, I need a job. If that's the situation, don't let that show. Like really kind of show like why why you're motivated, right? And why you're why you're you know the right person for this job. But uh, give us a little breathing room, you know. And when it's time for somebody to reach out, they will absolutely do that. Like I promise, um, somebody will be on top of it. So just kind of um, yeah, get out there and talk to people. Andy talks about the chameleon effect and how deep research and understanding of job paths, companies, and industry language means you can articulate precisely how you fit in that model. But balance that with showing your true colors and passion. He also noted he likes it when candidates start with a dialogue and personal introduction rather than just jumping right into the work. And Amanda emphasized succinctly, the more time you spend getting to know the employer, the more time the employer wants to get to know you. To be even more succinct, research, prepare questions. Okay, so I, I agree with everything that's been said. Um, I'm gonna try to hit on uh, something I don't think really has been talked about and that's leave behinds. Um, I, so when I was in school, I feel like it was always like the competition to make, who, who can make this most extravagant leave behind thing? <laughs> I will say that in a situation like connections, if you don't have a resume that's attached, or sorry, if you don't have a website that's attached to your resume, I probably won't actually look into what your work is on my own. So for something like connections, I would have something that you can attach with your resume if you don't have a website. Um, but a simple postcard or something that has a few samples of your artwork is fine. It doesn't need to be this huge, like, folded piece. Um, simplicity is perfect. Um, or as simple as your website on your resume. It's perfect. Um, and then as far as an a leave behind for an actual interview, I don't think it's necessary. Um, we just went through your work in person. Um, if we're interested, we 100% will be, I mean, we, we work fast. So we know that like you're applying to other places too. And if we're extremely interested, we are going to reach out right away when it's fresh in our mind. Um, and then follow-up emails after interviews or after connections, I would say 
that an email is is fine after connections but again we will be going through the resumes so we will most likely be doing the the reaching out um, if we're interested and then follow-up emails after an interview is is fine um, it is I, I don't like I said we, we move quick so I, it's not a make or break for me personally um, I know there are other people on my team who love it so I would I would just fill out the vibe and do what you feel is your personality and what you feel is perfect for you. Oh, and I'll also say for resumes, um, if you are a graphic designer at least, I would say don't do Word document resumes. I get a lot of Word document resumes and and they are just something that I, I don't necessarily look over them. I will look through it, but I am so much more gravitated towards something that's actually designed. Okay, we'll open it up to questions from the audience. You can direct your question to one person or the panel as a whole. Um, and then I would just ask that the panelists repeat the question since we're recording the session. Now, the this question here is about unprofessional resumes. And Amanda adds in heavy typos, no attention to detail. Andy adds that seeing a really long multiple page resume that includes every single detail of their life uh, those are unnecessary. The resume should focus in on the pertinent skill areas and experiences. He mentions two pages maximum. Most actually prefer one page, ideally. You see them all the time, frankly. I, I'm sorry to say, it, it's surprising sometimes how much you see them. Um, and so, you know, proofreading obviously is, is very important. Having someone else, um, I think we've all been in positions where we're reading over our work and you start to get, you know, starry-eyed and, and even you don't necessarily catch something. So maybe having somebody else take a look at for you. Um, it can be wordsmithing uh, or it could be grammatical, you know, it, 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 punctuation, whatever. Just have somebody else put a mindful eye on it and make certain it, it uh, meets with their approval. Um, again, I'm, I, you know, wearing this HR hat here, you know, I gravitate towards give me a resume that speaks to the job. So if you need to have multiple versions of your resume, that's great. You know, have one for graphic and have one for something else and whatever. Um, and, you know, highlight those areas and pick out the key words so that, again, you're ensuring you're submitting something that's relevant to the job that you're applying for. Um, yeah, I don't even, if I find a typo in a resume, I, I close it. I don't continue to go through it. So I think that's it, that's very important. Um, besides that, I mean, I've gotten a lot of interesting resumes in the past. Um, some that are like full, crazy colored backgrounds with like, uh, just keeping something simple and white background, clean background. People are printing these, so just keep that in mind. It can be color, but I don't need a full dark black resume. Um, <laughs> and then um, also, I mean, I've had a lot. I've had blurry images sent to me before, um, so that's always a, a turn off when I see that. So. Um, I can't say that I've received a resume that was necessarily like unprofessional looking. I think our HR team, yay, Courtney again, does a really great job of kind of weeding out some of the things that we, um, that you know, are, are going to pertain to uh, our function. But same as everybody else, guys, if you have typos, we close those things. I have a art director who, or she's a senior. Um, her name is Kathy, and she is a tough cookie, and she will toss it in the trash, and it doesn't even get to me. So um, if there are typos in there, that is usually a huge turnoff. Um, as far as if you're, like, if you're a graphic designer, 
um, I would expect that your resume is laid out well. Um, as far mine isn't overly designed because to be honest, there's a line where it starts to get like insane and you're just like, okay, uh, you know, I can't even read this now because you got stuff turned around with arrows and all kinds. And I know you want to stand out and look cool and that's great. Like my resume is super simple. There's a little bit of color to the typography. Um, it's kind of spaced out really well so that it's like easily readable. Um, you want to talk about, you know, what you're doing currently, make sure that it's up to date. So like if you're like, oh yeah, I actually have a job that I didn't put in there because I'm there right now. Like make sure everything is up to date, of course. Um, you want to talk about what you're doing, um, the title there, you know, how long you've been there, all that good stuff. And then like four bullets, like if, you know, in corporate America, like in, in DSW, like we changed 75 assets in two days um, you know, to react to business last week. And honestly, if you have like 75 bullets under what you're doing for your first job, like I, that's, you know, you really kind of need to condense, you know, why you're, why you're um, qualified for something. So a couple of bullets. Um, I've been doing this 17 years now. My resume is like slightly longer than one page. And I had a heart attack because my dad told me you should never have a resume <laughs> longer than one page. But unfortunately at this, at, at my age, um, I have to have a little bit more, you know, kind of going on. So same. If it's 30 pages, you're doing something wrong, so try to keep it under two. Um, and just, I would say, concise and make it pretty. Like, you know, it, it, needs to, it needs to be well laid out. Is there another question with the white sweatshirt? So the question was, as an international student um, at Connections, is that something that you would want to put in your resume, right? And that you're on um, a certain visa status, correct? Um, personally, like, I, I probably wouldn't... Um, need something like that like I mean the work and the resume and the information you know is great um, and then from an HR perspective you said that that's it would come up in conversation but as far as like you know for I guess you know specific like workflow or something there's that's not something that I would need to know uh, uh, personally yeah I can concur I wouldn't necessarily put it on your resume I think it's fine there's another question here with the red do we want to talk about good or bad? Both. Both? <laughs> nice. Okay. So I'm going to start with the bad one because it was amazing. Okay. So I was hiring for a copywriter and um, it was a young man and he had like an adorable beard. He was dressed like super cute. Was I walked in and I was like, oh my gosh. So first impression, I was like, yay, this dude is kind of fashionable. He had on a great pair of shoes. So like, yay, DSW. And, uh, you know, generally, like, fit the bill of, like, coming in for an interview and trying to be impressive, right? So I sit down. I'm having a conversation with him. Um, and he's telling me he writes, like, um, ghost stories, which was great because I like scary things. So I was like, cool, you know, and I start to ask him some questions. I want to see his work. Um, so then he looks really confused and explains to me, of course, that he didn't bring any work with him. And I, you know, asked him how I would know whether or not he was talented, um, you know, whether or not he could do this job, you know, and he's just kind of... I guess thought that an interview ended with you like offering somebody a job like that you're literally like good you're here let's like just go work now <laughs> so he didn't bring us any samples at all and then I uh, we generally I think most of my peers will say like you know why what do you know about DSW like why are you here you know how did you hear about this position and he told me that his girlfriend found it on the internet and told him that he she would break up with him if he didn't apply for it <laughs> so I left the room and informed <laughs> HR not to send him yeah. to the next interview and that they could just say that we were busy for the rest of the day and he could go home so don't do any of that, <laughs> um, that. <laughs> my most memorable one um, I think also copywriter. Um, so her name is Mara. 
um, and she came from New York um, and had like a lot of Broadway experience. So um, to be honest, we were kind of skeptical that she was going to be someone that we were going to want to hire for the role. We were kind of confused, um, you know, as to she had like a theater background. Um, and she came in for her interview, of course, just, you know, honestly was an amazing um, just cultural fit for the team. She was really funny, um, presented herself well, was very well uh, qualified, number one, but then also just well spoken. Um, and when she, you know, would interject a little bit of humor into, uh, you know, the conversation. She's just very witty as well, you know, so it was uh, relevant, you know, humor to the conversation. Um, she brought her portfolio with her, again, very well prepared um, and very well organized. Um, I mean, unless you know her and you, she's here speaking to you, it's kind of hard to get across, like, you know, kind of um, how good of a fit she was for our group. But, um, you know, she came in and it really was just a, a, a very natural connection with myself and then the rest of um, the hiring panel. So um, she's been with us now like three years and, uh, you know, just working out well and, you know, going to move right up that ladder, doing a great job. Um, I wouldn't say anything, again, necessarily stood out, um, you know, that's going to be um, uber helpful as far as like she's just a really, really great um, talent um, and a lot of fun. So very well, very well prepared. Um, and, you know, an awesome cultural fit for the team. Um, for me, really, it's I've had I've had some interviews where um, a portfolio isn't isn't brought with them. So I the conversation just it really can't move forward without like seeing something like that. So just having a portfolio um, and then honestly, I, I see um, a wide variety of nervous levels I guess um, and I do not think it's a bad thing if you come off a little nervous I think it shows that you care about what you're doing um, but if you're so nervous that you can barely get out a sentence I've had that happen and it's just very like it's hard for me to continue on a conversation um, and then like I was saying, Amanda is my new hire. She graduated in May, um, started in July, and I just uh, I really appreciate the enthusiasm, and um, she's very uh, eager to come to work, so that's just a great sign to have in a new hire. So for me, the worst was an individual who came in and they had gone to the 31 website and downloaded some images and some videos and started speaking to me about what we should have done differently. Yeah. They really had a very strong opinion about our brand and the way these videos and photos and images looked. And so naturally, we didn't hire that individual. Um, the individual that probably was most memorable that I passed along and that ultimately did, did something on the converse. They actually came prepared with work that was relevant to 31. So when they came in for their interview, they had put together a few samples of things that they thought was relevant to the brand. So they took you know, some of our product and came up with something on their own that was relevant to that product or to one of the videos, if it was a video or the photography work. So they really tried to capture things that spoke to 31 Gifts as a company and our products 
and therefore how that would parlay into them being qualified for the job. Um, and so it wasn't just having a portfolio of work they've done outside. This was something that they had already stepped into the role. They had already assumed the role and were able to show a body of work that was relevant to the job. And uh, it was it was a smash hit. So. And again, because of our technical difficulties, you won't get to hear Andy's wonderfully horrifying anecdote of a job candidate that appeared to be mimicking Alan from The Hangover, you know, Zach Galifianakis's iconic oddball character. I don't think many of you will be in danger of making that mistake, but you might make the mistake someone made with Amanda at Zulily, who shared that a candidate she knew prior to the interview was far too relaxed and casual and a bit too overconfident about having the job in the bag. Networking is great, but if you get too cozy, you might not sell yourself right in the interview, and that's what this person has done. So nothing is for granted, no matter how well you know the person. This has been great. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks to our panelists. Thank you. you. All right, a special thanks to our guests, even the ones we couldn't hear in the program. But hey, we heard them loud and clear at the panel, so that's the value of attending those events. At CCAD, we have a job fair coming up for our students, and this panel is a great preparation for that. But outside of that event, this is also great advice for other types of events like conferences, networking events, interviews, and all the other places you might find yourself face-to-face with someone who can say the best two words in the English language, you're hired. We'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Our theme is Jimmy H. Boogaloo by the Juanitos, Creative Commons license from the Free Music Archive.